if you would like to look up Luke chapter 5, we're looking at the first 11 verses. So that's Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken, and so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their, net, they, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Great, thanks Joe. I'd love you to have that open uh, on your phones or tablets or maybe some of your old school you've bought a Bible in book form. Gonna pray. Lord Dad, as we um, kind of pick through this little episode in the life of Jesus and his followers, you would teach us by your spirit. We we need we need your spirit to reveal to us what you're saying here. So speak to us, kind of corporately, but I pray too, Spirit, speak to individuals here tonight. Open our eyes. Soften our hearts. Challenge and inspire us. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a bloke who had a dog, and uh, he noticed that um, this dog could do one or two sort of fairly extraordinary things. Uh, and um, he wondered whether anyone else would sort of notice. And so he asked me, do you mind coming for a, I'm going to take my dog for a walk. Do you, do you want to come with me? Because I'd love you just to sort of have a look at my dog. I just does some fairly extraordinary things. So the guy said, yeah, sure. So they go for a walk in the park, and the park's got this sort of great big lake. And they get the lake, and um, the, the guy, the dog owner, picks up a stick, and he throws it right into the middle of the lake. And then he looks at his dog, and he says, Fido, fetch. And the dog races to the edge of the lake. Runs across the surface of the water of the lake, picks up the stick, turns around, runs 
back across the surface of the lake and then drops a stick at his master's feet. And the, the guy turns to his mate and says, did you, did you notice anything slightly unusual about my dog? And the mate says, yeah, I did actually. Your dog can't swim. <laughs> Which is, is all sort of good preachers. They only really tell jokes because they want to make a point out of the back of it, just in case the joke wasn't that funny. <laughs> Often we, we, we miss the obvious because we're not expecting it. Or, or because we're maybe slightly thrown off the scent. Um, some of this one, this, the Bible I've got here, the NIV, um, it, it heads this passage. The editors have put in, Jesus calls his first disciples. And another uh, version, it, it has the miraculous catch of fish. And um, I want to argue that, actually, if you, if you read the text carefully, verses 10 and 11, or particularly 11, Jesus doesn't actually call his disciples. In Matthew's version, he does. It, it, Matthew has him saying, come, follow me, like a command. But it's, it's not here in Luke. He doesn't actually call his disciples. So it's a bit, bit of a misleading heading there. And it kind of throws us off the scent a little bit. And so we maybe miss what's going on in this, in this passage. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is to, is to kind of just walk through the passage and to kind of unpack it a little bit uh, to help us to see what I, I, I suggest. And I offer to you. The Spirit is wanting to say to us, it, it isn't actually about fish, or even necessarily about Jesus calling his disciples. It, it's about revelation. It's about seeing who Jesus is. And, and I do that because um, over these next few weeks of September, those of you who've been here for a little while, you, you'll know that in September, we, I kind of... Um, I do want to, I kind of call it housekeeping if you like, and say, okay, what are we about? Why are we here? What are we doing? It's kind of, what's our vision and our mission and our values, how we uh, wanted to, to do what we do. Um, and I think every now and then it's good just to come back and refresh ourselves with that. And I, I want to take our, our mission statement. So again, if, you're, if you've kind of forgotten it over the last few months or um, if you're new, it's a great time to join. Um, and a good time, by the way, to invite others to consider joining because they'll, they'll come in on all of this. Uh, our mission statement is to, is to grow mission-minded disciples who will live for Jesus wherever they are. And I want to unpack over the weeks, you know, what, what do we mean by growing? What, how, do we, how do we grow? How do we change? How do we become more and more like Jesus? What does it mean to be mission-minded? Uh, what is a disciple? I want to kind of touch on that today who will live for Jesus wherever they are what, what does that look like to grow mission minded disciples who live for Jesus wherever they are so I wonder whether we think if I sort of say you know I do that sort of word association I throw out the word disciple and um, typically a, a sort of a, a follower of Jesus or someone who learns from Jesus or does what Jesus does and I, I wonder whether we can if we don't spend time just thinking about it and praying and, and sitting in it we can sort of think oh yeah I, if i just do a number of things being in the service is doing a number of things worthy things good things things that jesus would would, would be pleased with us doing and we we kind of that that is, forms a sort of baseline of our of our understanding our definition 
So we can lazily so begin to slide into, you know, if I'm part of a life group, I come along to church and I serve on this thing. We do all the sort of gets, so it sort of characterizes life. You think, oh, that, that's it, I'm a disciple. Mm, the, the, those are all the derivatives. Those, those are all the things that flow from discipleship. I want to argue that discipleship is, is, it stems from, it starts from seeing who Jesus is so that I, I want, I want that life. Someone's uh, suggested that maybe a more appropriate term it would be apprentice. So that you could you could translate the word disciple as, as apprentice is is someone who I ju you just follow, like an apprentice, you know, electrician or carpenter. You they 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 do the stuff. They're doing exactly the work of a of a an electrician or carpenter, whatever it might be. Um, and they they just follow. They go they go and drive in the same van. They go to the same place. They do they take the same orders. They they. They, they just become the person who's mentoring them until they are in turn in a position where they can mentor someone else. They can have an apprentice under them. So they just become the person they were uh, assigned to. We, we, we become Jesus, as it were, in our, in, our, in our human form, in our limited way here. Not just doing things. But forming habits, rhythms, patterns, attitudes, priorities, reactions that spill Jesus. And, and, and in giving ourselves in that way, we discover that actually we, we, we flourish. I love that phrase to C.S. Lewis, that the Christian life is, is not doing what we please, it's doing what we ought and discovering that doing what we ought pleases us. That as we give ourselves to service as we ought, we discover actually the deep satisfaction and joy that's derived from, from that. Here's the thing, just with this story, Joe read it just a few moments ago. It, so Jesus is speaking to the crowd, he's by a lake, uh, massive crowds, he's, thinks most effective way to, to speak here using the sort of sound waves because well, let me get into a boat, push out a bit, and I can I can address everyone. Um, and then we read verse four that he, he finishes speaking and once his attention is turned to the, from the whole crowd, he then he then focuses on Simon. And he asks Simon a, a very simple question. And there's a bit of a struggle or a wrestle, I, I want to suggest, between reading between the lines. That, simple request just to put out the nets to fish and uh, that's the moment of of kind of transformation that's where the miracle is it's, it's not actually in the miraculous catch of fish that's that's what throws us off the scent so we miss it we think oh wow jesus can catch amazing no that yes he can but that's not it it it's what the fish reveals of who jesus is to simon peter and that's what transforms simon peter's life he, he is forever changed sure we we know his story has ups and downs he fails badly he was strawed again it, like all of us but it's from this moment of revelation that simon peter is forever a disciple someone who has truly deeply seen who jesus is and, and well as we read in verse 11 leaves everything to follow him so first first thing is jesus will get into your boat so the question is what's your boat 
Simon was a, a fisherman, so obviously part of the kit. He's got this boat that he fishes from. Uh, so his boat was his area of, of expertise. It was, his, it was familiar. It was where he was comfortable. It was where he had achieved stuff. It's how he made a living. Um, he he gathered experience and wisdom such that he comes to someone who owns a boat and has a net to a fisherman. Like he's, he's, he's a thing. I'm guess well, actually Will Will's a fisherman, fly fisherman. Anyone he he, he he could tell you exactly what fly to have at any one time, catch a fish. If you follow him on social media, every other picture is is him holding a great big fish. We know that trick where you hold it like that so we can look through the window. We rumbled you. Um, so Will apart, unless there are any other. Things. What's your what is your what's your boat? What's your area your your area where you're comfortable, competent? where you kind of, you know, people ask you questions and you kind of just know the answer. Yeah, I know how to do that. You know how to respond and react. You, you're, you're in the zone. What's that for you? Where is that for you? Might be in, uh, hopefully, wonderful when it is, in, in, you know, linked to the work that you do. But maybe, because not all of us are fortunate enough to be working in, out of our deep comfort zone, but it's, it's maybe uh, tangential things that you do outside of work, maybe relationships you pursue or hobbies, where you, you draw others in, people see your passion and enthusiasm and, and your abilities. It's something that you excel at. Where, where is it? What, what, what is your, your thing, your boat? Because I'll tell you this, just, just deriving this from scripture, sooner or later, if he hasn't already, Jesus will get into your boat. Because he's, he's Lord of all of life, which means he's Lord of all of your life, which means he's Lord of all of your life. Every single part of it. So there aren't little bits, you know, sort of like my religious bit, and I come to church and Jesus, here I am. And then I'll sort of just walk off it. And this is my little area. We sort of, human tendency to compartmentalize our lives. Sooner or later, Jesus is going to come to the, the compartments that we consider to be ours. And he's addressing the crowd. But we see from verse 4, he turns to Simon. So there'll come a moment when Jesus will be present in your life and in that area of your life where you think, and you know, you're, you're competent, you're, you're expert, you're, you're in control. And he, here's the thing. He will then, he'll then make a, a demand of you. He'll request something. He'll ask you something. And uh, do, do you know what is so beguiling about this? Is that I think very often the kind of things that Jesus will ask us to do in our comfort zone, in our life, in the everyday, when we're kind of not expecting it, are actually quite straightforward. They're actually quite simple. Here, Jesus says to a fisherman, let's fish. He didn't ask Simon Peter to um, split the atom or to uh, build the atomic bomb or to, uh, I don't know, design a cathedral or well, a, a myriad of things that he's just not qualified to do. That's, that's not his boat. That's not his area of expertise. But Jesus comes into Simon's area of expertise and asks him to do something that is slap back in the middle of his expertise. Here's the beguiling thing about living 
our lives with Jesus. It's very often, it's so simple. But often it's not easy. Just let your nets out. The issue here for Simon is that he, he knows about fishing. And he knows that you fish at night when the fish come to the surface. And during the daytime they go deep for the, to get the food. And then they come to the surface at nighttime. So you go fishing at nighttime. So if they've been fishing all night and not caught anything, what chance have they got of catching anything during the day? And, and this is Simon. I'm a fisherman. I know these things. And you are a carpenter's son. You belong on the land. Making joints or whatever you do. Carpentry, planing. You know nothing about fish. This is my area. Who are you to speak into my area of expertise? That's the wrestle. That's the struggle. So on one level, it's, it's super simple. And on another, it's really complex for Simon. So, so, like, if I can just offer a generic example, because hopefully the Lord is kind of giving you particular examples, but a generic one is we, like, I felt it with the buzz of coming back here. We want to relate and connect. We hate trying to connect through a screen. We've kind of given up doing that. We, there's something about us meeting together, about person to person. We were made that way, to relate or connect. So here's the thing. Sooner or later, Jesus will ask you to connect with someone. So simple. You just offer a word of encouragement. You say something kind or helpful or informative. Or you just hold out on, hi, I'm Tim. You, you just, you just, it's so simple. And yet, every single one of us, I wager, have had that nudge, that prompt, that kind of thing in our gut that we should reach out to someone and we, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe, fear or it's inconvenience or I don't know where this will lead or I don't know why I'd like to understand everything before I do what you tell me to do and Jesus is just asking us to do a simple thing and so often we in, in an area of expertise in an area where we, we all connect and relate and we like to be connected with and yet we sometimes hold back from that awkward colleague difficult neighbour Troubling housemate. Here's the thing that Jesus knows. Jesus knows that if Simon Peter will go with what he says, Jesus says, in Simon Peter's realm of expertise. In other words, if Simon Peter will say, okay, Jesus, you are Lord in the realm of fishing. Jesus knows that Simon Peter will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord in everywhere else. That's basically what Jesus is doing in this whole thing. That's why we need to, to, to see him. Otherwise, we'll just say, well, no, thank you. You, you stay in your compartment. And I, this is mine. I know what I'm doing here. And, and all we'll do is bimble through life trying to be like Jesus without actually training to live like Jesus. Because we haven't fully seen and acknowledged who he is. And we'll do that when we're willing to say yes to Jesus in an area where we attempted to think we're Lord.
The fish happens as soon as Simon Peter says yes. Master, we've fished all night and um, we haven't caught anything, a.k.a. you don't know what you're talking about. But I'll, I'll dare to believe that maybe you do. I'll relinquish lordship. You can be lord of my boat, my area of expertise. And as soon as he says yes and puts the nets down, you miraculously catch a fish. Remember, it isn't about the, it isn't about the fish. That's, that's a distraction. It's about what the fish reveals to Simon Peter about who Jesus is. And the reason why we can discern that is because of the two words that Simon Peter says first when he sees the catch of fish. Verse 8, Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away. If it was about the fish, then Jesus, uh, Peter would have said, come here. <laughs> Two, two, what two words would he have used? You're hired. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> if it was about the fish, then a fisherman catching a huge one, brilliant. You're, you're on the team. So the very fact that Simon Peter says, go away, indicates that he, he sees who Jesus is. Uh, uh, go away from me, for, see it in verse 8, for I am a sinful man. Full revelation. I, I uh, come into this, this wonderful building at, at night, uh, someone will sort something out or whatever, and it's all it's pitch black, and there's a little light panel there. And I, I can't see where I'm going or what I'm meant to be doing, and then you just press the button, and wonderfully, and the lights come up. Always. There's, there's never a contest. Darkness never sort of says, well, hang on a second, isn't it my turn to linger? No. Every time lights come up, darkness goes. It's just fact. Light is a substance, it's a thing. Darkness is a known thing, nothing. Same reaction when sinful human beings come face to face with a holy God. The, the revelation in the sinful human being is, oh my God, literally, oh my God, get away. I cannot, sin cannot exist in the presence of holiness. In other words, his response, go away from me, Lord, is indicative of the fact that he recognizes who Jesus is, God in human form, and therefore who he is, not worthy to be in his presence. That's where Simon Peter's journey of discipleship begins. When he sees who Jesus is, because Jesus has come into his boat in his area of expertise and he's, he's gone with Jesus being Lord and he's like, okay, I'll say yes to you in every area of my life, even the areas of life where I think I know what I'm doing, especially in the areas of life where I think I know what I'm doing. And when I say yes to Jesus, miracles happen, transformation happens. It catches a fish in this instance. But similarly, supernatural activity happens in our hearts and minds and lives. Transformation begins. That's why, by the way, it's really important, just as a little aside here, I think it's really important not to focus on the miraculous catch of fish. Uh, I have a little beef with you know, editors and so on when they, when they throw you off the scent like that. Because you see, what happens, here's what happens subtly, and the enemy plays on this. 
is we think, oh yeah, it's all about the fish. Well, that's all very well for Simon Peter because he was a fisherman, but I, I mean, that's great for Simon Peter, but it means diddlish what for me. In, in, in 21st century parlance, we say, well, that, that, I'm glad you've got your truth. You know, you be you. But it's that, that doesn't, so what we then do is say, well, the Bible applies, you know, it's great for Simon Peter and it's great for them, but the Bible doesn't really have anything to say for me because we think it's all about fish in this instance. It isn't about fish. It, it wasn't for Simon Peter and it isn't for us. What it is for Simon Peter and it is for all of us is do we see Jesus? Do you, do you see who Jesus is? And therefore, are you willing to let him be Lord of every single area of your life? Not just the areas of your life where you think, oh gosh, I don't quite know what to do here, where you feel incompetent or unsafe or insecure, easy to pray there, oh Lord, help me, oh Lord, give me guidance, oh Lord, show me, because I, I genuinely don't know what to do. But in the areas where I think I do know what to do, will you also give those to him? Because you see who he is. Once you say yes to Jesus, when he comes knocking on areas of your life that you think is yours, and you say yes to him, miracles happen. Transformation happens. Just as much today as it, as it did back then. And then he commissions you. When, when, he, when he knows that you've seen who he is, Jesus, uh, Peter, Simon Peter, falling at his feet, get away from me. Difficult one, that, because they were in a boat. <laughs> Jesus has no intention of going. He's, he's already gone once, once and for all. He, he went outside the city wall. He went carrying a criminal's cross. Naked, the image we have of the discreet loincloth is again another aberration of history. He was naked on the cross, it's just sort of Victorian sensitivities, among other things. It has an inaccurate depiction of Jesus up there. And he, he went outside, he went away, he was banished in order that we could be called in. He's his own so that we could be robed. He's cast off so that we are included. He, he in effect, he does go away in order that we can come near. And because he knows in advance that that is going to be the story of Simon Peter, he, he commissions him. And as I said at the, at the top, um, it's, it's not this command. I, I love this about the sort of nuance of Luke's account here. Because um, is it sort of, maybe it's sort of Sunday school stories or those of us who were at Sunday school or, or uh, I don't know why I said that, I didn't go to Sunday school, but I mean, it just you, lazily it's kind of Jesus said, yeah, come follow me, you, you follow me, follow me, follow me. It's kind of, it has a sort of weird kind of slightly sort of coercive element to it. It's a, it's a command, follow me. It's not here. It's really interesting. What Jesus says to Simon is, don't be afraid, end of verse 10. From now on, you will fish for people. I love that. 
In other words, Simon, I see who you are. I see the, the kind of passion and the skill and the experience that you, you already have. You're really good at going out to um, creatures and drawing them in. And then as you draw them in, you kind of sort them out and pastor them. Um, so you go there and you go there and you, you kind of process and move on and you go out and you, you reach out for more and you bring them in and then you process them and you pass them on. I, I'd love you to do that for the whole of the rest of your life, just not with fish, but with people. I think, I wonder whether sometimes we get a little bit, uh, kind of, there's a slight tightening in the stomach. Uh, around the idea of discipleship because we, if we're honest, we secretly fear that Jesus kind of has this sneaky idea that he's going to turn you weird. <laughs> you, you, you'll have to sort of, you'll have to sort of hang around with people who are slightly odd and you'll start using weird language. Um, like every other sentence you'll say just or we'll have times of things. <laughs> Really weird. And um, we'll sort of assume all sorts of jargon and manner. We have to hang out and go to these weird meetings. And I'm just going to become weird. I don't, I don't see that here. I see the opposite. I see he, he sees what you're really good at. And I just want to amplify it. I want to extend it. I want to increase it. You, Simon Peter, you're a fantastic fisherman. I just want to extend the scope and the extent and the ability of your fishing ability and passion. Often we think church is about, you know, me believing in God. I wonder how, how much time we spend thinking about how much God believes in you. In that he made you, he formed you in his image and in his likeness. He's made you to be sort of recognisably human, and yet as I look out here, so different. We're not, as a congregation, nearly different enough. I love different ages and stages and different colours here to represent the community that we serve and the world in which we live. And also, by the way, to be a full taste of heaven, because there's going to be every tribe, nation and tongue there. So we need to practice. But, but, but as you look around, we, we can see we are all unique different preferences, different personality types, different skills, different things that kind of just get us going. What, what is it that you love doing? I, and it isn't necessarily related to the, 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 the work that you pay for. It could be a sort of hybrid of a bit of that, a bit of stuff you do elsewhere, or things you love, I don't know, reading about or watching. Kind of, just the things that get you Excited, passionate. It, it seems to me the call that Jesus makes to each of us, a, a call here rather than a, a command. There are commands, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't things we are obliged to do as Christians, but it seems to me it starts with this, this call to our desire. What are, you, what are you good at doing? What do you enjoy doing? What, what brings you alive? I want to increase that. From now on, you'll fish for people. I think Simon Peter, this is just, you, you push back at me if you disagree. Maybe I'm reading a bit too much in the text. But I think Simon Peter, having seen who Jesus is, his heart 
He's, his life is kind of laid open. And into that open life, Jesus speaks. Uh, cool. I'm, this is what you're going to do now. This is your commission. And how you your fish for people. And Simon, his life opened. He received just the, the life that was created by God for God. When God speaks into that life, oh, he just can't get enough. So much so that he pulls out the boats and then they leave, leave everything to follow him. We could, uh, you know, we could, we could just chew for the rest of this week. We could just chew on that little, tiny little line. Not just the line at the end of the story. They left everything and followed him. So, I mean, I wonder how many of us attempted to go, Jesus, I will see you, I will follow you. I will, but just, just hang on a second because I just need to bring my nets with me. Just as a, just in case, a little security. I'll follow you out. I'll, I'll sort of fit you in. I mean, we'll go, yeah, wander around stuff, but um, but I need to bring my nets with me. And the, the kind of the challenge here, implicit in this text, is we we leave everything. We trust Jesus for everything. He's Lord of the whole of the universe. He has everything that we need. Will we? Have we left everything in order to follow him? So working out the other day, I've been a Christian for over 40 years. I consciously made a decision as a teenager to, to follow Jesus Christ. Very little really awareness at the time of what that would lead into or what that would mean. But I recognise that over the, the course we've, you know, that there have been a number of things that, that I and then Joe and I, um, you know, and our marriage and our life together, a number of things we've just had to say no to. That some, at the time it's felt quite, quite hard to do certain events or activities, uh, I, just around, I, you know, I, just around um, how much alcohol I would buy. And I, I kind of thought, okay, I, I recognize my weakness, potential weakness and limitations. I need to make a decision here. And that decision means that I probably need to go and say no to that environment and that. And, and so there are certain things I've, I've had to, to let go. Because after a while, then the invites get drop off. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, at times you think, oh, I've been invited to that. But it's momentary. If I'm honest, and over the, the accumulation of the, I'm not, hey, I'm not holding myself out as a perfect disciple by any means, I'm still learning, still so many things. But I've never regretted those decisions. Those kind of, right, okay, let's just get life in any kind of shape here. I have absolutely no regret on some of the things that we've had to say no to in order to, as best we can, follow Jesus. I wonder maybe this. Some of us here this evening, and we, we, we kind of know that Jesus is in the boat, he's asking us questions, he's inviting us to see who he is, and it's going to mean that we, we let go of this, we reassess that, we reprioritize the other in order that we live for Jesus wherever we are.